You are now listening to The Model Health Show with Sean Stevenson. For more, visit themodelhealthshow.com. Welcome to The Model Health Show. This is fitness and nutrition expert Sean Stevenson, and I'm so grateful for you tuning in for me today. Listen, we all have goals and aspirations and things that we want to achieve in our life, but how often do we get in our own way? How often do we set ourselves up for failure? You know, sometimes this is an unconscious process, sometimes even conscious, all right? And at the end of the day, we need to have strategies to help us to break through because oftentimes these things are kind of hidden in plain sight. And I truly do believe that, especially if you're listening to this, you're somebody who's dedicated to having an incredible life in all areas. You know, this is the Model Health Show, so we talk about health in all areas of life. You know, your, your health, obviously your physical health, your fitness, your mental health, your relationships, uh, even in your finances. You know, all of that equals out to be a successful, valuable life. And so I wanna make sure that you have the tools to make those breakthroughs. And we have one of the very best people in the world to help you to have that breakthrough today. She's got skills. She's so, so amazing. Before we do that though, listen, I'm traveling right now. I'm out on the road and the people that are watching this on YouTube can see the ambiance is a little different. So I'm out in California having some adventure time. And um, when I travel and change time zones, you know, I have a certain sleep strategy, a nutritional sleep strategy. So I'm going to share part of that with you and I'll share part of it later. All right. So be prepared. So one part has to do with my favorite uh, I guess we'll call it a nightcap, all right? But not one that's getting me drunk, okay? Because here's the real, uh, and I talked about this in my book, Sleep Smarter, that alcohol does in fact help you to fall asleep faster, all right? We know this, it's all good. But here's the issue is that there's something called a rim rebound effect that alcohol creates. And so when you drink alcohol before bed, this can dramatically influence your rim sleep. And rim sleep is where something called memory processing takes place, all right? This is where things that you're learning even right now get converted to your short-term memory, all right? And this is why, and I know this hasn't happened to you, but maybe one of your friends, it probably has happened to you though, but it's okay, is somebody drinks so much that they don't actually remember what happened, right? Their memory processing was screwed up. So it's just like, what did I do last night? What did I do, what happened? And there's even movies about it now, you know? It's tied in, it's part of the culture. And it's just like, how did that happen? It's because of our REM sleep being damaged. and so. I'm not saying don't drink, all right? If you wanna get your sip on, that's all good. But we do wanna have a, um, a alcohol curfew, ideally, and to drink more water to help your body to process it. But a better nightcap, all right? This is the 2018 and beyond nightcap for you is Rishi, and here's why. So this was the journal Pharmacology, Biochemistry, and Behavior found that the renowned medicinal mushroom Rishi significantly decreased sleep latency. So what does that mean? This means you fall asleep faster, right? It also improved overall sleep time and it increased REM sleep and non-REM sleep, which is a deep anabolic sleep. All of that from this one powerful medicinal mushroom that's been used for thousands of years, right? But now we have the science to prove its efficacy. And so actually last night I was out at Cirque du Soleil in this incredible, incredible experience. I was like a child. I was flipping out, it was so amazing. But I was up a little late, you know, I was up a little later than normal. And I'm like in the, in the Uber and my wife and her friend, Cynthia Pasquella, our amazing friend, uh, they're just chatting it up. They're both two wolves, if you look at Michael Bruce's work. And I'm just like, just, I wish I could just transport, teleport to my bed right now, you know. But I was up a little bit later 
And uh, when I got still back to the place, I made sure to have some reishi. And oh my goodness, I sleep so well whenever I have it. It really does work. And so I wanna make sure that you're taking advantage of this, but get it from a great source, okay? You can get company X reishi and it might not do the thing. At least this way, you're gonna guarantee you're getting the nutrients, the specific compounds that you're looking for because it's alcohol extract and hot water extract from Four Sigmatic. All right, so head over to foursigmatic.com forward slash model. That's F-O-U-R-S-I-G-M-A-T-I-C.com forward slash model. You get 15% off everything, all right? This is exclusive, all right? Exclusive alert. So head over, check them out. Get the Rishi. It's incredible. It also has some anti-cancer benefits and on and on. And I love all of their stuff. But Rishi is something. It's part of my nutritional sleep strategy on the road. All right, make sure that I get that in because it really does uh, do wonders for me personally. And also, you know, thousands of people as well. So make sure to check it out. And on that note, let's get to the iTunes review of the week. Another five-star review titled, Take Your Life to the Next Level by Nate Trilly. This podcast has opened my eyes to real health and prosperity. Sean provides accurate information with no agenda other than that of truly helping people succeed, not just in health and fitness, but in life in general. This podcast has been invaluable to my growth. Love listening to Sean. Stay connected to this guy. You won't regret it. All right. Thank you so much for leaving that review for me. I appreciate it immensely. Everybody, please pop over to iTunes and leave the reviews if you have yet to do so. It means the world to me, all right? And on that note, let's get to our special guest and our topic of the day. Our guest today is Christine Hassler, and she's the best-selling author of three books, most recently, Expectation Hangover. Free yourself from your past, change your present, and get what you really want. How good does that sound? She left her successful job as a Hollywood agent to pursue a life she could be passionate about. And for over a decade as a keynote speaker, retreat facilitator, spiritual psychologist, this is really fascinating, and life coach and host of the top rated podcast, Over It and On With It, which I was just listening to, love it. Uh, She has been teaching and inspiring people around the world. Christine believes once we get out of our own way, we can show up to make the meaningful impact we are here to make. And I'd like to welcome to the Model Health Show, Christine Hassler. How are you doing today? I'm, I'm really excited to be here. I've been a longtime listener, so oh, being on the, the show is, is, is pretty cool. Yeah, I was saying you attracted this you know, with your greatness. <laughs> so cool, so cool. So I would like to dive in because even in your bio, Hollywood agent yeah. turned like spiritual life agent you know like (laughs) how did this even happen it was not a plan at all so uh let's then i'll tell the medium-sized story um i moved out to hollywood thinking i i really was in love with the entertainment industry and Mm. that's what i wanted to do but really i moved out to hollywood with with something to prove i was really really insecure and that came from being bullied as a kid um, and having not a lot of friends, being a late bloomer, having a lot of unrequited crushes, those kinds of things. Yeah. And whenever something like that happens to us, whenever we feel less than mm-hmm. in any way, our ego has to find a way to compensate. And people do it in different ways. Sometimes they're people pleasers, sometimes they are performers. I was an overachiever. I was like, well, if nobody likes me, if I don't have any friends, I'm just gonna achieve, achieve, achieve. Yeah. So this massive insecurity and self-doubt <laughs> was really motivating. Mm. And Hollywood's a great place to go if you're insecure and have something to prove. Right, so true, so true. I mean, it's perfect. That's crazy. And so, because of this this drive, I was successful at a very young age, worked my way up. I was 
the only female in my department was an agent by the time I was like 25, which is pretty rare and unheard of. I moved out to LA when I was 20. Um, and I kept getting promoted and I kept achieving my when thens. You know how we set those up in our head? When I get promoted, then I'll be happy. When this yeah. person is my boyfriend or girlfriend, then when I lose five pounds or 50 pounds, then I'll feel whatever. Mm -hmm. So I kept achieving my when thens, yet it still didn't make me happy. And so the bar would have to be raised even more. And I finally, one day, up riding up in the elevator, had a mini panic attack. I'd been dealing with anxiety. Mm -hmm. I was put on antidepressants when I was 11 years what? old. Wait, yeah. wait, we got We can bookmark just, that. We got to unpack it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we'll, we'll bookmark that and come back. I was still on them then, and I think I was even taking some Xanax at the time, because mm -hmm. I didn't have tools. I didn't have tools to deal with anxiety and depression and those kind of things. I had pills, because I thought that was the tool. And I, I got out of the elevator, and I, I kind of walked around the office, and it was, um, it was an office full of like really expensive art that in my opinion was weird and ugly looking. <laughs> and outside of my office was this picture of a woman who was nine months pregnant in a negligee in like a yard sale gone awry with a UFO over her spotlighting okay. down. And that was what I looked at every day. And I just remember staring at it and going, what am I doing? What am I doing here? Like I don't belong here. And it was that knowing that that wasn't it but having that fear of, but what is? This yeah. was my plan. Like, what do I do? I don't have a plan B. But it was so powerful that I just had to leave. I just had to quit. And then I thought that um, everything would just fall into place. You know, you hear these stories about people who take a leap of faith and turns up roses, you know? <laughs> you fall on a fluffy cloud and everything's okay. And that was not the case for me. I had a long free fall. I actually worked as a trainer and a spin instructor and a yoga teacher for a while. But then in about eight months, I went into tons of debt because mm -hmm. I didn't have my Hollywood paycheck anymore. Yeah. I was estranged from my family because I got in a bad argument with my mom, who was my best friend up until that time. Yeah. I had got diagnosed with an undiagnosable autoimmune disorder on top of everything else. And then I got engaged. And then six months before my wedding, he broke up with me out of wow. nowhere. So, and I'm sure people listening or watching have been through much worse, but for my 25, 26 year old self at that yeah. point in my life, whose whole identity wasn't what I could achieve and what I could create and do, for to lose everything like that was my, I called it my quarter life crisis. That was my mm -hmm. rock bottom moment, my first real big expectation hangover. And it was, it was that fall that had me fall in love with personal development. Because I, I, I had the awareness that the common denominator in all of these situations was me. Yes, yes. Most people don't have that awareness. Well, I, I was a victim for a while. Yeah. I mean, I played the poor me game for a while, but luckily I had met my first coach and spiritual teacher about three years before. Mm -hmm. And she'd been telling me a lot of stuff about changes I could make, and but I wasn't really listening. Right. And I went to her and I'm like, all right, I'm in. Like, <laughs> what do I need to do? Because yeah. I'm miserable. And between her and personal growth books and my first workshop was Landmark Forum, I just, I, it just consumed me. I was like, oh, how did I not know this stuff? How did I not know this stuff? How did I not know how to process emotions and change my thoughts? And, and so it just became my passion and it inspired my first book, 20 something, 20 everything. And as I was writing it, people kept asking me to coach them and I wasn't even a coach. And I went to my coach and I said, people are telling me I should do this. And she's like, yeah, I think it's your gift. I'm like, I've been coming to you for years. I think you tell me that. Hello, right. Yeah. But a good coach doesn't tell you what to do exactly, right? Yeah. So that, that's how it all began. And then from there, Sean, it's really been, and I truly believe this, 
the more work I do on me and the more I get out of my own way, the more the opportunities just show up. Like whatever's the most alignment, whatever I'm quote unquote supposed to be doing, it really does show up. And then the ideas that I do have and the things I want to create don't come from a place of trying to compensate for, for something. Yeah, it's different. Like, yeah, it's different. It comes from a place of, of feeling called to do it, feeling yeah. compelled to do it. Oh, yeah. And so many people, we want that. We're looking for that. Yeah. And I, we're, of course, we're going to dive in and, and break some of this down. But I want to go back and talk about yeah. the antidepressant medications when you're 11. Yes. Like, how is that even appropriate? You know, a lot of people ask this. And I had parents that really loved me and cared about me a lot. And I think back then, I mean, it wasn't that long ago, but a lot has changed. Um, the answer was pills. And I was really struggling. I, I think that um, I think I was a very intuitive, sensitive kid too, and didn't quite know how to be in the world with that. Yeah. Um, and that's just what doctors recommended. And it, I, my parents said it helped because I came out of sort of the shell that I was in. But the problem was it it happened so young that developmentally it really impacted my pituitary gland, my thyroid, mm -hmm. hormones, all of that, and 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 also made me addicted to them. Right. And um, kind of shut off my range of feeling in a lot of ways. Yeah. And I finally at 29, when I was getting my spiritual psychology degree and I had more tools and better support system. Which school was that? Can University you... of Santa Monica. Yeah, yeah. Where, where, where we're at. Yes, exactly. Awesome. Yeah, it's wow. about 10 minutes from here. They actually don't offer the master's degree program, but they still offer courses so people yeah. can check that out. Um, it was then, and Mona was still coaching me then, and she's like, are you ready? You can get off of these. And for years, she'd been telling me that, but I was like, no, I have a chemical imbalance. If I was diabetic, I would mm. take. And I don't, I don't tell people that you shouldn't take medication. Mm, course, That's such an individual decision. But for me, I knew if I wanted to get where I wanted to go, consciousness-wise, health-wise, yeah. I, I didn't want to be on them. And so it took me about a year to get off, and... Um, and I've never looked back. Yeah, it, I'm very proud of you for that because it you. takes, it's not just something that you can just do, no. you know, especially that amount of time. Yeah. And, you know, working with people in a clinical setting, like, that's the one most difficult thing to deal with is like uh, antidepressant medication and thyroid yep. medication yep. because your body's become so dependent on it. Yep. And, um, but the whole concept of like, we're talking to a kid, right? Mm -hmm. Or, a, you know, a grown, grown person as well. And yep. just like, you have this set of, symptoms you're telling me based on that conversation i give you a drug because you exactly. have a chemical imbalance how do i know i know right you know it's just it's really fascinating it, it is really fascinating and i think that if you know i had had access to people that were a little more in the esoteric world mm -hmm. that could see i was a really sensitive intuitive because the other thing that was happening is i was getting headaches right here in my third eye and you know a lot of your listeners probably know our third eye is is our intuition Right and and our connection to the pineal gland. Yeah, so. it, it, yeah, exactly. There you go. And um, so there was no. I mean, obviously there was a connection to shutting down this whole area. Um, and in my journey moving forward, as I've healed it, like I found great gifts in it. And I and you know a lot of people come to me who suffer from depression and anxiety because I found a way through it. And and a big part of it was learning how to release and feel feelings. Because I think for so many people, depression is suppression. Yeah. It's it's either suppressing creativity. You know, I know so many people that were like super, super creative and were born into a family that was more logical mm -hmm. and they suffer from depression, you know, as adults or, or are highly emotional and highly sensitive and have to repress all of that. So that, that part of it's a 
a big part of it as well. But yeah. I, I really do believe that if you feel a call to um, get off of them, you can, but, but it, you do, can't do it on your own. Right. Like it requires yeah, with, a with team. a physician for mm -hmm. sure. Uh, and also you have to, and this is something I also point people to is, um, if there's something you want to do, you have an objective with your health yes. and the people that you're working with don't have that same objective yeah. or they're telling you it's not possible. Yeah. Find somebody Find else. Find somebody else. You know, it's really that simple. It, it is because I, I remember going to neurologists and doctors in my twenties and them being like, yeah, you're not really going to be able to ever get off of these. Yeah. And I stopped going. Because I, I, one of the big hurdles I had to get over was the seed that was planted that there was something wrong with me. Yeah. And I think that's a big one for a lot of people. Like if you had anything growing up, be it a health thing or bullying or a parent that was critical, man, that forms a neural net in your brain mm -hmm. about there's something wrong with me. And that is so important to shift so your body can get on board. But because when I, if I believed I was, something was wrong with me and I had a chemical imbalance, there was no way I could have gotten off of them. I had to believe that I could heal right. and that nothing was wrong with me. It starts there. Yeah. And I want to talk about this now actually, that neural net that gets created yes. because a lot of times today, we're not making decisions with the person we believe ourselves to be now. Yeah. It's something else from the past making exactly. decisions. Let's talk about that. Exactly. So I think it's a, about only 5% of our behavior and actions is consciously driven which means about 90% is subconscious, unconscious, like the just old programming, our mm -hmm. default patterning right. that got wired during times when maybe we were scared or maybe mm -hmm. we were criticized. And a lot of us have just adopted belief systems from our parents. Like even if you saw, let's just talk about money. So if you grew up in a house where you're, you were poor and you, you saw your parents work really, really hard and money was always hard to come by, you probably heard, oh, we have to work so hard to make money. There's never enough money. Oh, it's such a pain, money. You've heard a lot of those things and you saw your parents struggle. So you've got a neural net in there that it's hard to make money. You have to work really, really hard to make money. So I guess if you've had that neural net, you probably aren't thriving financially because that's the programming that it goes to. And I liken it to um, like if you had a house in the middle of a super weedy field, like there are weeds and rocks and there was no clear path and you wanted to drive a truck to that house, at first it'd be bumpy, but if you drove the same truck down the same path day after day, a groove would form. And that's how repetitive thoughts in the brain are. They just form these grooves, so you just default to that, to that path. Yeah. And if you want to form a new path, if you want to drive that truck off that groove, you've got to really focus to get it off, to form those new neural nets in our brain. Yeah, that's so fascinating. That's something I've been talking about a long time as well. Yeah. It's just, the more you, especially the more you believe it, the more you repeat it, the more you do a certain, exactly. uh, you know, live accordingly, you're laying down more and more myelin and creating an even power, more powerful like channel that yep. automatically pops up. So um, basically a lot of the choices we're making today, like you're making a choice in the food that you're eating or the relationship yeah. you choose, it's not yourself now. This is like, it could be your 16 year old heartbroken self. Yep, exactly. Making that choice. Exactly. And I think the other important part of deprogramming these neural nets, and that's why I love the whole, and I know you're super holistic too. It's, it's the emotional, mental, behavioral, and spiritual. We need all of it working together. And to deprogram some of those neural nets, sometimes you got to go back to that 16 year old who got her heart broken or his heart broken and 
tell them, cry your tears. What do you need to say? You didn't do anything wrong. It wasn't your fault. Like we need to go back and heal that. Right. You know, one of the things we learned at, at my grad school was healing is the application of love to the places inside that hurt. And I love that. Healing is the application of love to the places inside that hurt. So we have to be willing to go back to those difficult times, not to talk about them in therapy for years and years yeah, and years, yeah. but to go back and be with ourselves in a different way yeah. during those times. And something I coach so much to my clients and on, on the podcast is a big part of our healing and reprogramming those neural nets is finding the voice of our own inner parent and, <laughs> and reparenting ourselves in mm. that loving, unconditional way. Because we all have that three-year-old, five-year-old, 16-year-old, 12-year-old inside who's sometimes making choices. That's why a lot of people, when they're out dating or in relationships, their 30-year-old self isn't picking the person. Their 12-year-old self or their six-year-old self is, and that doesn't turn out so well. Right, and that's why you'll repeat similar repeat. relationships exactly. as well. You date the same person with a different face over and over and over again. So that's incredible insight. And something else there is, um, you know, I think that a lot of our suffering is like looking back on our old self mm -hmm. with this updated knowledge. Yes. and judging ourselves oh, and yes. I just did a show recently about self-love and this is one of the big ingredients is mm -hmm. like looking at yourself from a place because this is why we this is why we don't think that much of ourselves yeah. because we know our weaknesses we yeah. know the negative things that have happened that we've done but if we can look back with that what you talked about more compassionate attitude and also a forgiving attitude yeah. for the mistakes that we made or the mistakes that we've allowed to happen mm -hmm. to us mm -hmm. you know in many cases so I'm so glad you're saying this because this is one of my, my big things with people is regret is, is taking information you know now and going back into the past when you didn't have it and judging yourself based on current day knowledge is completely, it's completely unfair to do to ourselves. And a lot of us have it wired that being hard on ourselves is effective because it motivates us. Yeah. A lot of us have, well, I need to go back and pick myself apart so I can grow. And so we combine self-criticism with personal growth and, and they just end up canceling each other out mm -hmm. because anything we judge doesn't heal. And compassion, if we break up the word, co means with, passion actually means suffering. That's the original definition. Come on. So yeah, so <laughs> it's like be, being with our own suffering and that, that's that inner parent coming back and being like, you did the best you could. And people will really fight for, no, I didn't. Like, that was a mistake. I could have done better. Like, you really did the best you could at the time. So you've got to forgive yourself and then do a prevention plan moving forward. You know, what are the lessons that you learned? But when we go back with that inner critic, oh, man, Sean, it just, it just reinforces the wound. Yeah. Because then not only do we have to experience it then, but we're going back now and criticizing ourselves for it. And the mind doesn't know, the mind doesn't know time. So the mind doesn't know the difference between reality and a well-imagined thought. So it's just like you're, you're picking the same scab over and over and over again by going back and judging yourself for it. Yeah. Oh my goodness. I want to talk about, now that we know that and we can utilize that kind of tactic, what do we do now? And I want to shift gears mm -hmm. and, and talk about that because I think the first thing is, and probably, but there might be something else for you to add here, mm -hmm. is to be honest about what we want, to get really clear on that so we can start to move in that direction. Yes, yes, being honest about what we want, but I wanna back up a step because I think there's something before that, yeah. which is accepting what is. Uh -huh. yes. Totally accepting who you are, where you are, what has happened, what hasn't happened. 
And by accepting, I don't mean you have to like it or that you resign and go, oh, this is just the way it is. I'm going to be broke forever, single forever, or not like my body forever, or whatever. Right. Not saying that at all. But when we're constantly like not liking where we are right now and we're fighting with reality or we, we can't believe someone did that to us or we are still mad at our parents or whatever it is, then we just have an uphill battle. Mm, and yeah. we can maybe set goals and get clear about what we want, but if we don't accept where we are now, then what we want may be skewed by wanting to get out of our current reality. Mm -hmm. So it's more from a desperation. It's more from a place of pain. So we always wanna be clear about our come from. And if we really accept where I am right now, what can I learn and what do I need right now, then the what I want next becomes more clear. When we're in that place of acceptance, it kind of looks like, okay, here are the things in my life that are going well. Here are the things that I would like to change. And not from a place of judgment, from a place of observation. So in, in expectation hangover on the behavioral level, I have people take on the role of the, of the observer. Stop being such a judger of yourself and just observe, observe your life. Mm -hmm. Like, look at your reactions to things. Look at the way you respond to people. Look at what you eat during the day or how you exercise or whatever and see how it feels. Like, look at how you're doing your current life and then start to make changes from there. And then we can start to look at what we want from a place of high involvement but low attachment. Because the what I want thing can become tricky when our self-worth, our happiness, our joy is attached to that. We're back to the when then. When mm -hmm. I have this money, when I have this job, then I'll be X, Y, Z. Yeah. So focus on how you want to feel versus the form you want. Yeah. Does that make sense? Like yeah. focus on your desires. I love Danielle Laporte's work because she always talks about like you're, you're chasing a feeling, not an actual thing. Yeah. So focus on the feeling that you want, what you want to create in the world rather than I want this job or I want this relationship or I want this whatever it may mm -hmm. be. And really be open to the package that it comes in. Yeah. Because when we're super attached, sometimes we can also slow things down a lot. You know, when I when you said that this was something we need to do is the acceptance part, I immediately thought about the when then mm. and how that would bleed into it. Yep. You know, not being able to accept what is and to find not necessarily that you have to be happy about the circumstances, yeah. but a level of understanding. And compassion. Yes. That's where the compassion starts. Yeah. You know, like I, I don't like where I am right now in my relationship life or my financial life. Let me just have compassion for that and just let it be okay and acknowledge that I'm doing the best I can. And if you're kind to the current you, <laughs> the future you is going to be easier to create. Yeah. But we can't create a great future self if we're com constantly beating up on our present day self. You can't love your future self more than you love your present self mm. because that implies that something's wrong with you right now in this moment. So if you can accept your circumstances, accept the people around you, accept yourself, and really forgive. Forgive yourself, forgive others. A lot of people, including me, to really swallow is everybody's doing the best they can. Yeah. You know, like I just came out of a bad situation with a landlord and from my lens, she was not doing her best, you know? <laughs> but in her, but, but I'm projecting the way I would handle something onto her. Right. And that's where we get expectation hangovers as well, is we, we think of how we'd respond to something and expect the other person to respond the same way versus going, okay, like they really were doing the best that they could. Yeah. And I've got to accept that and mm. move forward. You know, this is getting me thinking about um, 
just the idea of acceptance and how valuable that is because I think a lot of our suffering comes from not accepting what is. Absolutely. And we just put ourselves through this, you know, things are gonna, they're gonna go through tough spots. Yep, But the suffering is oftentimes optional. Mm -hmm. If you can just really like look at it, like this is, this is how it is, this is what it is right yeah. now. And it's okay. Yeah. You know, and build from there. You know, Sean, like pain is not, it, it, as humans, we're going to experience it. It's, it's we, we learn through contrast. And that's another thing I think in the personal development world that leaves a lot of people with an expectation hangover. They think it's like supposed to be positive all the time. And if you have bad things happen or you feel sad or whatever, then you're failing at personal growth <laughs> and right. you're not. Like we learn through contrast and there's gonna be challenges in life and there's gonna be some pain. But the more tools you have, the shorter the duration you have to suffer in it and the longer the time between those painful spots. But we can't expect to like never feel down and never to have yeah. challenges. And, and when they come, know it's a season and know that it's an opportunity to dive in. I mean, I don't know about you, but it's been through my most challenging times that I've grown the most. Yeah. Have they been painful? Have they been hard? Yes. Do I want to go back and do them over? No. No. <laughs> but am I so grateful for the lessons? Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, people ask me, how'd you build your career? And I'm like, well, it, it wasn't like a strategy. It really was through my own life experiences yeah. and the lessons I learned from them that have created and you know I mentioned that um, the original definition of passion is suffering yeah. and isn't it cool how we've evolved that word to mean the thing we love yeah. and often the things that we love come out of our suffering mm -mm. as as my son would say like randomly one day I said something he was like that's deeper than the ocean I'm like, <laughs> I love that what? <laughs> okay man and then if it's something that's very shallow we'll be like you know it's deeper than a than a stream you know? <laughs> um, but That's really amazing. I mean you know for me this is such a great opportunity for us to give ourselves permission mm -hmm. um, to not be perfect oh. and this is one of the reasons I wanted to have you on was to bring up this conversation because as you're working on this and changing your body and changing your health it, things are gonna happen yeah. and that's okay yeah. if you do something that doesn't meet your blueprint of what's supposed to happen it's okay because this is not about being perfect. Every single successful person you know has problems. They make decisions that mm -hmm. um, you know, can mess things up yep. and that's okay. Well, and here's the thing too, your soul, your inner self, whatever you wanna call it, is craving your love, like craving your love and craving your compassion. And sometimes we, we are so lacking in self-love that unconsciously we set up sabotage we set up like a downfall because it's like our soul trying to get our attention. Like how bad does it need to get for you to pay attention to me? How bad does it need to get for you to be compassionate to me? How bad does it need to get for you to actually do self-care? And it, it's like where we, we test ourselves in terms of the degree to which we trust ourselves, the degree to which we keep our word with ourselves. And it's, it's in those moments where you do mess up, where it's your opportunity to form a new neural net to relate to yourself differently mm -hmm. because you have to start having a different relationship to failure and having a different relationship to so-called mistakes and when you don't get it right or when you're not perfect. And so sometimes we almost set up a mistake unconsciously so we have an opportunity to be like, it's okay, you did the best you could. Yeah. It's okay, you don't have to be perfect. You're really okay. Just that simple thing is so powerful. It's huge. You know, I keep a picture of me when I was three, maybe two or three, 
on my phone. And when I'm being really mean to myself or I'm just like down a neural net mm -hmm. of self-criticism, mm -hmm. I pull out that picture and I look in the eyes and I'm like, that's who I'm being mean to right now. Mm -hmm. And I love that tool because there's something about looking at ourselves as a child yeah. and just feeling into that original innocence yeah. and, and knowing that he or she's still in there. And, and for me, that's a great tool to soften that voice. That's so powerful. You know what's crazy is that whenever I do see these particular pictures of me, like, you know, around two years old, um, I'm just like, this kid deserves to be loved, yep. you know? And I immediately feel like this parenting feeling, yep. right? But that's me. Yeah, that's you. Why are you bringing this stuff out here? <laughs> All right? Why you okay, so next I want to talk about, okay, so the, the acceptance of what is. Mm -hmm. Now I feel that, and I know you've seen this many times, mm -hmm. that because of our programming, mm -hmm. these neural nets, we don't often, even when we want to change our lives, we're not honest about truly being, you know, um, forthcoming mm -hmm. about what we really want. Mm -hmm. yeah. So let's talk a little bit about why that is. Why is it so difficult to just say, like, this is what I want? Because we don't think we deserve it. We don't think we're enough, or we think it might upset other people, or we're afraid we can't. We, we're afraid of not being able to do it. Yeah. You know? So I think there's, there's a lot of reasons. Um, a lot of times for people who have, uh, I call them compensatory strategies. So mine was the overachiever, those things that we do to make us feel safe or validated or mm -hmm. compensate for where we feel less than. A lot of people who are people pleasers often don't go after what they want for fear of what other people will think, for fear of upsetting other people. You know, their life is so oriented to making sure everybody else is happy and being more of a giver mm -hmm. than a receiver, so their self-worth is often very low. So they don't think that they deserve it. Um, or it's the, you know, really thinking that it's, it's too big, or everybody else is doing it. And the who am I to story, that's a mm -hmm. big one yeah. that gets in the way. Yeah. Who am I to go help people? There's already other people out there. What do mm -hmm. I have to offer? What's the value for me? Um, so there's a, there's, there's a lot of ways we get in our own way on that one. I want to dive in a little bit deeper on this one. Mm -hmm. Before we do that, I want to jump back really quickly and talk about something you've said a couple of times, the expectation hangover. Oh, All right, yeah. Like, let's define what that is oh, yeah. and how this kind of plays into this as well. So I made up the term, um, which is probably good we're defining it. It's when one of three things happen. Either something doesn't go according to plan and you're disappointed, like you didn't get the job, um, you end up getting a divorce, whatever, someone breaks up with you, yeah. or something does go according to plan but you don't feel like you thought you would. Mm -hmm. Like my job in Hollywood reaching a certain point and not being happy. Yeah. Or life just throws you an unexpected curveball. You know, you get diagnosed with an illness, you get laid off, like something undesirable that you didn't see coming that throws off your sense of certainty, safety, and control, just like a universal two by four. And you're left with like hangover like symptoms like you you want to get out of it it feels awful your head is spinning from all the the thoughts and the thinking and the fear of uncertainty it's just a terrible terrible feeling because the thing about an expectation hangover is we don't have certainty and a well of emotion comes up and we're in chaos because anytime we have an expectation hangover there's some kind of transition happening there's some kind of ending there's some kind of blow to our ego or a sense of of security and we're in that uncertain period, which for the human psyche is incredibly challenging. It's even more challenging if you grew up in a more kind of chaotic 
unstable household because it threatens that, that little kid inside who's like, when's the other shoe gonna drop, oh my God. And when we're in those, what, we, what most people tend to do is wanna get out of them as quickly as possible. And they use ineffective coping strategies like numbing, Mm-hmm. Overeating, over drinking, over gaming, over social media, over working. Working is one of the yeah. kind of acceptable ones. Right. Yeah. Um, spiritual bypass, like I'm just going to meditate my way out of it and like everything happens for a reason and la di da. Or be strong. I'm going to be strong. Be strong. I'm going to push through and look at how strong I am. That's another one that doesn't work. Or the, the pep talk, <laughs> just that right. positive pep talk kind of thing. Yeah. And those kind of gets you a little bit through it, but it's like putting a Band-Aid on a broken arm. It doesn't really heal it. And that's really why I wrote the book is because from my own life and working with thousands of people at this point, there's such healing that can happen in an expectation hangover because let's just use like if you got broken up with, it's not the first time your heart's been broken. Like it's pushing a button that goes back to maybe when your dad left the family when you were five or something like that. and it's in those moments where we can really dive in and go into the feelings and heal emotionally, mentally, behavioral, and spiritually. And so to me, disappointment is a huge doorway to transformation. If we can, again, start with acceptance. Like, I don't like this, I don't like this, but ask not why is it happening, but what am I learning? Mm. What is it showing me? Wow, oh my goodness. You know. Another term, and I love that, expectation hangover. Brilliant. Mm-hmm. Another type of hangover I want to talk about really quickly has to do with sleep deprivation hangover. All right, we've all experienced it. It doesn't feel good, not really feeling your best. I've been so sleep deprived at times where I felt like I'm, like I felt like Patrick Swayze in Ghosts. All right, I felt like I wasn't quite there. And part of my strategy, and I shared a little bit in the beginning, so my nutritional strategy when I travel, and this one is something you do beforehand when you know the sleep deprivation is coming and it can really do wonders. And so this study was published in June 2006 in the issue of Life Enhancement. And scientists looked to see what this compound found in turmeric, which is called curcumin, can do to help with sleep deprivation. And so they kept mice awake for 72 hours, all right? That's a long time. I don't know anybody who's gone through that kind of sleep deprivation, but against symptoms of sleep deprivation, which is impaired motor function, Uh, memory dysfunction, and even depression. And so here's what they found. The group that received the curcumin treatment before, again, this is before the sleep deprivation, were protected from some significant issues that happen when you're sleep deprived, mainly anxiety-like behavior and oxidative stress caused by lack of sleep. So literally aging you faster, all right, by taking advantage. And this is something, again, I knew I was gonna be up late yesterday, so I had some extra daily turmeric from Organifi, all right? And the reason I love it so much is number one, it's a super critical extract, but also they have an added component that I'm so happy they added this in. They probably added this because I said something, but an extract of black pepper. So black pepper is a biopotentiator for the compounds in turmeric. This is why it's used traditionally together because it makes it up to 10 times more effective, all right? So Having that together in those little capsules is awesome. So I'll generally have that. If I know I'm going to be stressed, if I know I'm traveling, if I know that you know we might be up late for this or that, I make sure to add in some extra daily turmeric. And I advise you to do the same thing. It's just a great supplement to have, period, because of its incredible anti-angiogenesis properties. So turmeric has been found to help to prevent the blood supply or blood flow of 
uh, nutrients getting to cancer cells, all right? How powerful is that, all right? So just something else to add to the mix, go to Organifi.com forward slash model. That's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com forward slash model for 20% off, all right? You get a dub percent off. Head over there, check them out. Of course, I love the green drink, red drink, all that good stuff there. But the daily turmeric is part of my sleep strategy when I'm traveling. All right, so let's jump back and talk a little bit about, you know, again, when we are getting face to face with some of these things that are preventing us from mm -hmm. actually deciding what we want. Mm -hmm. um, you mentioned that, you know, there's this big tie in with the expectation hangover. Mm -hmm. So what do we do to kind of get to the heart of some of this stuff? Specifically, I want to ask you about, you know, if somebody's saying, you know, I want to be uh, around people who are going to help to uplift me. Right. To, for relationship context and also to get me healthier. Right. But we tend to turn and revert back to relationships that tend to kind of keep us in a state of stress or mm -hmm. uh, in a state of uh, unhappiness. Why do we do that? Well, our, our outside world is a reflection of our relationship with our inner self. Mm -hmm. So if I have a crappy relationship with my inner self, if I'm judgmental of myself, hard on myself, not supporting myself, not lifting myself up, flaking on myself, breaking my word with myself, then going out and attracting a crew of people who are really supportive and really loving and, and positively reinforcing me and, and have integrity is more challenging because I'm not vibing at that level. Yeah, that's interesting. And so that's why we tend to stay in those, those more toxic relationships. And often they're familiar. So if you, again, if you grew up in a, um, let's say you grew up in a family where you had one parent who was um, incredibly critical of you, then you're going to be kind of drawn to people that are more critical of you or that right. are Is that like an addiction it's, of some it's, sort? It's, well, so as a kid, like we love our parents. Yeah. Like we, we come into this world and they're like our God, right? We, and so we pair love with however they love us. And so we think that that kind of criticism is familial it's familiar and familial mm. and then the other part of it is whatever we didn't get from our parents we go and look for as adults from people who are the same so if i had an extremely critical father i will be drawn to people especially dating wise mm -hmm. who are critical because i'm like well maybe i'll finally get you to love me so how we stop doing all that is again, we go back and deal with the pain around having a critical parent and feel our feelings about that, forgive them. We don't have to call them up and be like, I forgive you. you. You can if you want, but it's more you forgive the judgment you're holding. And this trips a lot of people up, Sean, because like, let's, let's up the ante. Let's not say it's criticism. Let's say it was abuse. And, mm -hmm. and the, you, people will say, well, I can't forgive. That's a terrible thing. How could, how could a parent abuse a child? Like, that's awful. True. And you holding on to anger and resentment is only hurting you at this point. So forgiveness does not mean condoning it. Forgiveness doesn't mean it's okay that you hit me when I was five years old. Forgiveness means I'm letting go of the anger and the resentment and the judgment so I can be free. So I can be free. And when we can do that, when we can forgive the judgment that we have against anyone else, 
and we can go back and heal the pain and then reparent ourselves and be that loving parent to ourselves, then we stop looking for that outside. We stop looking for someone else to save us, someone else to solve, us, solve it for us. We solve it ourselves and then we can up-level the kind of people that we're attracted to. Does that whole arc make sense? Course, <laughs> I kind of like yeah. broke it down in, <laughs> in like a short little way, but yeah. So back to the original question about if you want a higher vibe tribe, it's two things. Look at what's going on inside of you because it's just a reflection and then boundaries. Like you can't say I want to be around positive people and continue to let negative people, toxic people, people that lie to you, people that break their word with you, get away with it. You have to start drawing some boundaries. And it's amazing how much people will hold on to the known just because like they're afraid to let go. They're afraid of that in between of of that gap Mm -hmm. when, you know, you can, something so amazing might be ahead of you, but you've got to let go of what's holding you back and know that there's like that in-between period yeah. and not be scared of that. Yeah, you know, I, opening the show, I mentioned a little bit about getting out of our own way, yeah. right? And I think that, you know, a lot of this stuff is self-inflicted, but it's, of course, it's very unconscious. Yeah, Sometimes yeah. it is conscious, like yeah. things are going well, let me do something to mess this up, yeah. you know? And going back on in this particular instance, because I think that and I know you feel the same way, that our relationships are an incredibly powerful influence on every area of totally. our lives. And I feel it's like the number one thing for our health is actually yeah. our, our relationships. But I don't think that we often realize how, and I used this word earlier, how addicted we can be to things going bad. And, mm-hmm. and I know it sounds crazy, but it's just like when you start to get outside of that kind of standard kind of comfort zone mm-hmm. of just things not being ideal in your life and you start to like things start going well we'll do things to get us back to where we feel comfortable like we get addicted to bad relationships as well yep yep it's it's that saboteur that will come in that because it's it's scary it's unfamiliar and it, it it's amazing how many of us have that little little voice but it's a big belief of like do i really deserve to be happy am i really good enough Mm -hmm. and it's too good to be true and we're so afraid of losing a good thing that we'll sabotage it first before like it can be taken away or it can go wrong. Right. We'll just we'll sabotage it first because on some level we don't think we were worth it. And it's funny, like I, I was um, opening a mastermind for a friend of mine last weekend and um, it was a business mastermind but we were talking about like what's the personal obstacle that's going to keep you from getting to the next level of your business. and. This one woman said, I just don't know that I deserve it. Like, I, you know? And so I said, okay, so look around this room right now and give everybody a number, one being not deserving, 10 being totally deserving of where they are on the scale. Just go around and assign everybody a number. She's like, I couldn't do that. I'm like, why? Obviously there's a scale because you're not deserving enough. So I just want to see how you rate mm-hmm. things. She's like, no, everybody's a 10. I'm like, well, aren't you special? <laughs> that, that everybody's a 10, but you're like, what, four, five? And it's, it, sometimes we really got to look at our beliefs and call BS on them yeah. and go, why would I be any less deserving than anybody else? That's not the way the universe works. It's just our mind getting in the way. And so we have got to become a, a louder voice than the voice of our limiting beliefs. We have got to. And what really helps me is shifting that side of me and going, Wait, like if, if I think I'm not deserving, then I've got to think that about everybody else. And I don't think that about the world. Mm-hmm. So why would I see myself that way? Mm-hmm. 
Wow, that is powerful. You know, um, something I was just talking about this actually with my wife yesterday, who's over there looking pretty she and is absorbing pretty. everything. Physically um, and energetically. She's yes, very, very yes. lovely. <laughs> so something that she really realized is that, um, you know, dealing with relationships that she had where, you know, friends who weren't like progressive mm -hmm. or that were doing things that were, you know, kind of just shady stuff yep. and just things that she just didn't really feel good about. But she kept dealing with it over and over and over again. And then she realized that this was actually her. It was her ego. Like, I'm supposed to be the friend who's solving your problems. Yeah. Right? Talk about that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's another kind of identity we'll take on, too, mm -hmm. is, is a little bit of the caretaker or like, oh, I... I you know, I know all this great stuff about personal transformation. I'll save you. I'll help you. Come with me. And one of the side effects of personal growth and raising our consciousness and our health is not everybody's going to come along. Not everybody's going to come along. And you have to be willing to let some people and some relationships go and know it's not your responsibility to go and caretake. Because that can be another compensatory strategy mm -hmm. is let me just go save all these other people and then guess who gets the last straw? You. Mm -hmm. Again. Yeah. And... You know, I remember one of my teachers saying this to me when I was going through my divorce. She's like, you have got to give people the dignity of their process. Like, people are ready when they're ready. And you've got to give them the dignity of their process. And we can't change people. The best way I think we can impact people is we change ourselves. It's like why the Gandhi's quote, be the change you want to see in the world, is my favorite all-time quote. Because it just nails it. I'm like, nailed it. Be the change you want to see in the world. And then... People can see it and decide to come along or, or not, right. but it's not our responsibility to drag anyone. Yeah, and I can't state this enough that one of the most pressing and terrible things you can do to yourself with your life energy is to try to get people to come along that don't oh. want to come, right? Exhausting. So you have to have the audacity to let people be, you know, let people be who they are. And again, this gets back to that, what you stated earlier of, you know, um, that that idea of everything is okay. Yeah. You know, it's okay how it is. This, this is, and yeah. that's okay. And it's really hard with family because I'm sure you see this a lot with your community too. Um, there's a lot of people that feel like black sheeps in their family. Like they're the mm -hmm. only one kind of waking up. Yeah. And when it's your own family, even when it comes to like what they're eating and health and like you, you go home and you're like, please don't eat that. Like it's loaded with this and that and that. And, and they just keep doing it. Yeah. And it, it, we have to, again, it's back to that, give them the dignity of their process. Loving someone isn't changing them. Loving someone is accepting them for where they, where they are, being willing to be open and vulnerable if they come to you, and just being light, being the model of health, being the best version of you. I truly believe that is the best give, gift we can give anyone we love or the world in general, mm -hmm. is be the best version of yourself. And you only have so much energetic real estate. And if you're investing too much of it in changing other people, then you don't, you're not getting a high ROI on you because there's, there's nothing left. And right. how can you be the best version of yourself if your energy is scattered trying to save all these other people? Right. Oh my goodness. Thank you for sharing that because it, just even hearing that in a different note, a different mm. tenor for people, um, that it, this is really, you know, life is not all about you, but it is, you know, like it starts with you. It is. And you can, when, I, I, I view it as being self-honoring, you know, I, I, I am my biggest priority. And that may sound selfish. 
However, when I'm not my biggest priority, my health suffers. I can't help as many people as I, you know, I can't do the work I want to work. My mood suffers. I'm more irritable. Like everything suffers. And I love, you know, Lisa Nichols. Of course, so yes. She's been I, on the show. I, I, maybe she said this on the show. I'll repeat it because it's just so good. She has so many just like, just, she just throws down such wisdom. She always says, I will only give to you from my saucer. So imagine a teacup, mm -hmm. right? And her, that means her cup has to be full. Mm -hmm. And she will give to you from the overflow. Mm -hmm. And when she, I first heard her say that, I'm like, that is brilliant. Mm -hmm. And that's the way it needs to be. Because when we have a full cup and we can give from the overflow, right. then it's not depleting. It's right. just love. It just, it just radiates off of us. I love that. And that's when you can just walk into a room. Like I've had the experience where someone just walks into a room and they're so full of love for themselves and, and they're just at, they're living into their fullest potential and joy, and it just fills me up. Mm -hmm. Now, something else can happen when someone like that walks in the room. Sometimes we can feel jealousy or comparison. Come on. Sometimes. <laughs> but here's why that's good. Here's what we can do with jealousy and comparison. Because a lot of people just try to stop feeling jealous or stop comparing just by like, just don't do it. And that doesn't work. It's like saying, try to not think of a pink pig. That's all you're gonna think right, about. Right, that pink pig right there. <laughs> It's a part of our show. Yeah, yeah. You don't even know. Um, so whenever you're feeling jealous or comparing yourself to someone, it's a positive projection. So we've heard that if you really irritate me in some way, then it's something in me that I don't like about myself that you're triggering, right? That's a negative projection. But there's also something of a positive projection. So if you see someone that you're like jealous of or comparing yourself to, you're spotting something in them that you have inside of you that you're not owning, that you're not stepping into, wow. that you're not realizing. So whenever I find myself jealous of someone, I look and I'm like, why am I jealous? Like when I look at you, like I'm jealous because, and I write it down and I'm like, oh, I'm not stepping into my full confidence. I'm not stepping into my full self-expression. I'm not stepping into my joy. Yeah. So that's how we can use jealousy and comparison as a way to remind ourselves what we need to see about ourselves. I love that reframing. You know, that's one of the things that I definitely wouldn't see myself as somebody who gets peanut butter and jealous like that. Yeah, you know? I love that peanut but butter and But sometimes, you know, if I did have a certain feeling of like, you know, a, a, something might have been accomplished that I know that I could have done, mm -hmm. but I don't, it's immediately, it's like more of a feeling of, of jealousy. Mm -hmm. And I don't really feel that, uh, I don't experience that much, you know, lately because a while back I, I chose to reframe it and to start to celebrate people. Mm -hmm. When I see that, I'm just so grateful and I'm just like, me too. Yeah. You know, like whatever that individual might have done, like they're paving a way for me. Yeah. And we, there's enough to go around. There's enough to go around and also like own the acknowledgement. Celebrate them, but yeah. celebrate yourself too. Like look at yes, all the stuff exactly, I've done. Exactly. Whoa, yeah. like maybe I need to give myself some more attaboys. Like we, we need <laughs> yeah. that. We need, and that's, uh, I feel this is, with a lot of my male clients this comes up, a lot of men didn't have fathers who were like, I am so proud of you. Yeah. I'm so proud of you, Sean, you did well even just for little things. Mm -hmm. And so that's a compensatory strategy for a lot of men, yeah. is that prove it, mm -hmm. and just wanting to feel that validation. So it's so important for all people, especially men, to really do that, like I am proud of you, like mm -hmm. you did good. Even just for the littlest things, because we need that. Yeah. We need Thank that. you again for giving people permission to do that. There's oh, nothing wrong. There's nothing that. wrong, yeah. there's nothing wrong. It is not, it is not arrogant. 
It is not That's what we're selfish. programmed to believe. It's no. like if you're doing those things, you know, this is, it's vanity. No. You know, you're self-righteous. No, arrogant yeah. is, is a better than. Yeah. Arrogant is when we, when we think we're better, arrogant has judgment to it. Yeah. Arrogance has an againstness towards others. I'm better than in some way. Yeah. Or um, I deserve it just because I'm better or whatever it is. Acceptance, self-confidence, celebration, like that is all incredibly healthy. Mm-hmm. I mean, look at how you have children. Do you see how important it is to acknowledge them and tell them oh, you're yeah. proud of them? It's the most important thing. Right. It's yeah. positive reinforcement. Mm-hmm. And it, 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 how do we, if we want to stop, okay, so back to sabotaging. If you want to stop sabotaging yourself, you've got to start acknowledging yourself. Because mm-hmm. that's, it's positive reinforcement that creates Behave, repetitive good behavior. You know, I, I always tell women, like, it, don't nitpick, you know, men. <laughs> like, nitpicking and nitpicking and nitpicking and telling them all the things they're doing wrong will not get good results. However, if you validate the things you like over and over and over again, you'll get more of that. And that's how it works inside ourselves, too. The more we validate what we're doing, that we love and how we're proud of ourselves, the more we stop sabotaging ourselves because we're reinforcing exactly. that behavior. When we talked earlier about how your brain creates those neural nets mm-hmm. and you're laying down more and more myelin with these you know, negative behaviors, what we know with, with research now is that it's not easy to break those apart. Mm-hmm. The way to go about it is building a new pathway. Absolutely. And that takes work. It takes that repetitive thing of acknowledging yourself. And I can be, I'm, just to be honest, like this, it was not easy for me, you know, especially to acknowledge that I did something yeah. powerful or amazing. Like literally can change the course of the world and the conversation, yeah. like in this health space with the conversation of sleep. But it took some work and also having good people around me to yeah. point it to me because it's still like I want to feel that as yeah. a man, just like, you know, I'm really proud of you for doing that. Yeah. Like that's what we're all really looking for. But at the end of the day, like it, if it comes from within, mm-hmm. if you can understand just how valuable you are Mm -hmm. you start to reflect like you said come into the room and you literally are a different energy that you provide to everybody else you are and and you can't just think it you can't just do affirmations in your head you've got to feel it Mm -hmm. you've got to really sink in and feel the pride or feel the self-acceptance or feel whatever it is just the the thought alone won't won't break that neural net. We need we need the thought and the feeling together and the behavior to start creating those new pathways. Love it, love it. One other thing I want to ask you. There's so many things I want to ask you about. Mm. But uh, another thing that I want to ask you about is a lot of folks are looking for their passion, right? Yeah. We've kind of defined it a little bit, but they're trying to find like you know you've probably heard this before. If I just can figure out what I'm supposed to do, then I'll do it. Yeah. Right. So let's talk about that because even in the context of work, mm-hmm. right, we think that that has to be our passion. Like if mm-hmm. I find my passion for the job I'm doing, mm-hmm. then I'll do it. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about that. Yeah, I don't think our passion has to be in our career. You know, I yeah. think it can exist in a lot of ways. It's really just about finding something that lights you up and brings you joy, and that could be painting. You know, mm-hmm. um, I, I, there's. It's, it's amazing that we live in a time where there's so many entrepreneurs and there's so many people that are doing what they love. 
But there, we also still need people that work as servers in restaurants and in the government and at the post office and in retail and, and in corporate America and all these things. And I, I see so many people getting on the path and they want to leave, let's say, corporate America. And I'm like, no, you have consciousness now. We need you there. <laughs> like, right. stay and, and bring light and bring consciousness to that. Like, there's so many. We always think we have to change the outside to change the inside. And that's so not true. You know, spiritual definition of a miracle is a change in perception. So you could become passionate about your job tomorrow mm. by changing the way you look at it and changing how you think about what you can bring to it or how you can communicate differently or ideas you can bring to it. So don't think just changing the external conditions is gonna all of a sudden like deliver your passion. It's really about changing your perception and changing your lens. So that, that's the first thing, is you can be passionate about whatever you're doing tomorrow. There's a, a story um, one of my teachers used to tell. A man was walking down the street, and he saw a man just breaking apart like cement blocks, you know, cement blocks. And the passerby goes to the man who's working, you know, oh, what are you doing? He's like, oh, I've got to break down all these rocks. It's so hard. And he's just slugging away. Mm. And the, the man who's walking keeps walking. He sees another man doing the same thing with a sledgehammer, just breaking down these rocks, rocks, rocks. And again, the passerby goes to this man, what are you doing? And the man stands up all proud and he says, I am building a cathedral. The two men were working on the same thing, but how they related to it was completely different. Yeah. So that's the first thing, like you don't have to change your job. Um, the second thing is, well, I guess that was the third thing. The first thing was your passion doesn't have to be your job. Second thing is you can be passionate in your current job. Yeah. And the third thing is back to what we were saying before, often it comes from your suffering. So maybe instead of looking for the job, maybe do some more work on you. Maybe actually go back. I have um, something in Expectation Hangover where you do, it's on the spiritual level, and you take on the role of the seeker, and you go back and do like a life lesson inventory, and you start to look at certain themes and situations in your life. And we all have a soul path. We all have certain lessons and certain journeys we're here to learn. And often it's from those lessons and from those challenges that our calling is revealed. Because from my point of view, when we talk about passion and we talk about calling, it comes from something, some kind of wisdom, something that we've gotten to the other side of. So look back to what your most challenging times were. Look back to what makes you really angry in life, like causes you wanna mm -hmm. fight for, and oftentimes mm -hmm. that's where you're gonna find your passion. I agree, one billion percent. This is the best, those three levels this has been incredibly enlightening, and I've got one final question for you. Okay. What is the model that you're here to set with the way that you live your life personally? Ooh. Self-compassion and, and um, being the change I want to see in the world, truly. I really want to set the model that like as humans it's okay that we go through contrasts you know that it's okay that we're not we don't have it all together all the time and just to bring compassion to the human experience the human experience is it can be rough you know and and doing what i do i've heard a lot i've heard a lot of people that have had just incredible journeys but i think it's such an exciting time in consciousness right now because we're really 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 shifting so if I can model what compassion looks like, um, being with ourselves in a loving, gentle, forgiving way, and, and model for people how to have a healthy relationship with ourselves, so that we can go out and, and 
make the impact we're here to make and, and be the light in the world, that would be something I'd love to, to model. Mm. Christine, you're amazing. Thank you so much for sharing you're your amazing. gift. Uh, you know, like I said, and guys, make sure to check out her podcast as well. Uh, but we were listening in the drive on the way in and just you are so good at what you do and you ask great questions. You know, this is very different because I'm interviewing you, <laughs> but usually you're there as a coach and working with people and mm -hmm. asking great questions and helping to find the solutions that are already in us. Yeah, And your true. your true talent and uh, really great spirit. So thank you so much. Oh, it's truly an honor and a joy to be here. Thank you so much. It's my pleasure, my mm -hmm. pleasure. Can you let everybody know where they can find your podcast, yeah. your book, and find you online. Yes, so Over It and On With It is a podcast. Like you were saying, I coach people live on the air. It's, I don't know anything about them. It's unedited. You get, you get a window into a, a, a coaching session, um, yeah. which is a great way to learn. And uh, the Expectation Hangover, you can find at all the places, Amazon, bookstores, all that. Um, I'm big on Instagram, Christine Hassler, Facebook and Twitter, those are the, and YouTube. And then uh, ChristineHassler.com is where you can find me. Everybody, Christine Hassler. Thank you so much for tuning into the show today. I hope you got a lot of value out of this. Oh my goodness, so many nuggets of wisdom here. And again, when it really boils down to it, it only works if you work it, all right? These insights don't matter much unless we do something with it. And we've just added to that superhero utility belt. And one of the big takeaways for me today was acceptance. You know, I think that it's the platform from which we can actually make a solid jump. It's kind of like those memes that you see out there, like those little funny clips where somebody tries to jump and it's like the ground moves or like they're jumping off a table and it collapses. If you don't have acceptance, you don't have a sturdy surface to jump to your next level. All right, so it's really about accepting what is or you might end up on a meme. All right, you might end up passing around the internet with something else random. But the bottom line is this, you know, at the end of the day, I think it was so valuable when she talked about giving from your overflow. I truly, truly do believe this. If we're going to be able to really be of service in the lives of the people that we care about, we have to make sure that we're taking care of ourselves first. Because what happens if that, not just even with the overflow, but when you start to get deeper and deeper into that cup, you start to become more thrifty in, in potentially negative ways in how you use your energy and you start cutting corners in how you're serving and caring for everybody else. We don't even want to get to that place. And I know you've done it before. I've done it before. And so we want to make sure that we're filling up our cup, giving from that overflow, you know, from our saucer. Mm. And there can be so much on that saucer, by the way. All right. I've got a pretty like dope saucer right now. And I'm because I'm continuing to fill up my own cup. And I really am inspired to, to, to drive the people in my life to do the same thing. Like I don't want to, I've talked about this as well on the show and also on social media, but I'm very, very adamant about making sure my wife is taking care of herself because I know that when her cup is filled, I get more, right? I get more love, I get all the stuff that I want. So I try to take things off of her plate and make sure that she's taking care of herself as well. And she does the same for me and the 1% of time when I don't do it, all right? But bottom line is, again, get from your overflow, practice acceptance, and make sure to check out Christine Hassler because she is the bomb.com. Everybody, again, I appreciate you immensely. We've got some incredible episodes, incredible guests coming up, and I'm telling you, it's gonna blow your mind, so make sure to stay tuned. Take care, have an amazing day, and I'll talk with you soon. And for more after the show, make sure to head over to themodelhealthshow.com. 
That's where you can find all of the show notes. You can find transcriptions, videos for each episode. And if you got a comment, you can leave me a comment there as well. And please make sure to head over to iTunes and leave us a rating to let everybody know that the show is awesome. And I appreciate that so much. And take care. I promise to keep giving you more powerful, empowering, great content to help you transform your life. Thanks for tuning in.